Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, where we can look into the world of Royal Caribbean Cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 466. Going to Alaska, there's a couple different choices you have, including Quantum of the Seas, but a lot of people always kind of overlook this ship. So today, we've got a full review of Sailing to Alaska on Quantum of the Seas. Here we go. Royal Caribbean offers many cruises that go to Alaska, including a cruise on Quantum of the Seas, and this week... We have a listener review to share with all of you. It's Rebecca Zellini joining us about, talk to us about her recent cruise to Alaska on Quantum of the Seas. Uh, Rebecca, welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. Thanks for having me here, Matt. I am really excited to talk cruising with you and talk about the most important thing in the world. As we know, it's going on a Royal Caribbean cruise. You're not wrong on that one. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's kind of interesting how Quantum kind of gets lost in the shuffle. I think a lot of people either mm-hmm. look at ovation of the seas or they look at perhaps one of the radiance class ships that offers like an open jaw sailing or something like that and quantum totally. is like i feel like quantum's marketing slogan if it, they would never do this but like the honest marketing slogan would be like we also go to alaska and it would like, yeah it would honestly it would probably be like you know you could go on ovation or you could go on quantum like yeah. can't make it on ovation come on quantum, quantum. your best second <laughs> choice for a, a seattle cruise <laughs> yeah, um, but it is, uh, I think it's underrated. So, um, and I know that when we were prepping for this cruise, um, I was reading a lot of stuff online that was kind of along the lines of like, I'm thinking of booking between Ovation and Quantum and everyone was kind of like, oh, definitely do Ovation. And I was yeah. sort of like, hmm, that's interesting. Um, they're pretty identical. So what's the what's the deal with that? Yeah, and that, that happens a lot, especially like with the Oasis class ships, like in general, yes. people are always like, oh, go on Wonder, go on Symphony. People are like, then I, I get the question, Matt, how come you never talk about insert other ship in the class name here, like Allure right. or Liberty or what have you? And that's not a slight on those other ships. They're just, you know, all things being equal, you know, a lot of people gravitate towards newer, newer ships. But yeah. that's not to say that that's a bad problem to go on Quantum of the Seas. No, and so you can actually get some really good prices and you get, you know, a big ship with a great itinerary and you get a lot of amazing things to do on board, great dining on board. Um, And it's just that much cheaper than than Ovation. So if you're trying to, you know, maybe save a few bucks, but still want to do the really big ship family experience, it's a great option. Absolutely. And I think that's really the important thing. You nailed it right there is, is, is the price difference. And you're really not sacrificing. I think, honestly, Rebecca, a lot of people look at the price. They'll see them like, well, there's got to be something wrong. It's like, you know, when you go to the Mm -hmm. mall and the shirt that's triple extra large is on sale and it's like, oh, well, that's why. Otherwise, it'd be a great fit, right? Um, yeah. It, it, but that's not the case at all. It's just newer ships are going to command a higher price in general. Yes, absolutely. And the thing we have to remind ourselves of is that, you know, when these ships came out, we were all really excited about them, you know? Yep. So um, it's still an amazing, it's an amazing time. So yep. would definitely recommend. So you not only went on Quantum of the Seas, but this is actually your second cruise ever, right? Uh, this is my third cruise ever. Yeah. Um, second one is a, as a family, I managed to sneak one in, um, without uh, having to bring my husband on board. <laughs> so, um, this is our third time as a family and we had such an amazing time. So I am new, uh, to cruising. Um, and we went on our very first one, uh, just before the pandemic. Uh, honestly, we got back and like flew home and then everything happened. So we, mm. we got off of our cruise in March, 2020, the very first one. And then we had to wait a very long time to be able to go back on board. And that was very painful. (laughs) Talk to us about actually that experience about, you know, you waited that you had a great cruise experience in 2020 and then you Mm -hmm. had to wait two years to be able to go back on board. Talk to us about that anticipation because I honestly, I mean, I remember that to some extent that feeling because I went on my first cruise since the pandemic back in June of 21 
And I had a great mm-hmm. sense of euphoria. It was like, it was that Celine Dion song. It's all coming back to me now. But I wonder yeah. what was your experience like going back on board uh, here th- this year and, and sailing to Alaska after so long of a gap? Yeah, so the so the cruise that we got off of was on Allure of the Seas. We um, uh, got off board on March 1st, 2020, um, and we were completely ready to, to take a a whole whack more cruises. We were, we were sold. We mm. were definitely ready for it. And we tried to, um, you know, once, once it was open to book again, and then just some things ended up happening. So we couldn't go in 2021. Um, and the first one we were able to go on was Oasis of the Seas. That was the one that I went on in March uh, of 22. And then as a family go on Quantum in August of 22. And the lead up to that, of course, um, you know, we were all really excited. My son is six, almost seven. He uh, absolutely loves it. And he wants to watch all the videos ahead of time on YouTube, all of the ship reviews, all of the ship tours, all of that. And so by the time you actually, you know, get on board, um, there's all of this anticipation, there's all of this, like, you know, oh my gosh, we can't wait for this. And you step over that threshold and you're on board and you're kind of thinking like, man, I really hope this lives up to the hype. Mm-hmm. And it did. It yep. totally lives up to the hype. Yep. So uh, Rebecca was on the August 1st sailing, went to Ketchikan, Sitka, Juneau, and Victoria, British Columbia. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like let's just dive right into this, Rebecca. Talk to us about what you did in each of the ports, what you liked about them, and, and kind of share your thoughts on your review of your days in each of these places. Yeah, so there wasn't there wasn't a bad port here. Um, this is a great uh, lineup of ports. So Ketchikan uh, highlight for us was definitely Creek Street. Um, and one thing I wanted to share with folks uh, is that you know excursions for an Alaskan cruise, when you're looking at the cruise planner and you're doing that planning, they can be pretty pricey. Um, and you can be looking at things going like, man, am I not going to have a good time if I don't get this helicopter tour for twelve hundred dollars um and we did not do any excursions via royal caribbean and we had an amazing time we saw tons of wildlife we got to really experience alaska so you know for for the ports that we went to it's definitely not required like it's you know you go you can have a great time so uh, catch can creek street was absolutely amazing watching the salmon swim up, watching some seals swim up after the salmon <laughs> and doing uh, doing what they do. Uh, that was amazing. Um, and we did a lot of walking around um, in Ketchikan. We ended up going out to see the totem, the Heritage Totem uh, Center, I believe it's called. Yep. Um, we got to hear a talk there. I'm, I'm pretty sure we snuck into an excursion inadvertently. <laughs> they were just like, you look like tourists. Come on in here. Yeah. Um, and we got to hear a talk. And uh, that was amazing. And then the next place we went to was Sitka. And this was just like bang, 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 one day after another. Um, Sitka especially, I think, is a port that you can get off and not have to, to pay a dime and have an amazing time. We walked... Um, along the waterfront to what they have is like a science center where there's a bunch of touch tanks and we kind of walked in and there was no fee for that. So we just got to have a great time, went down to the sort of beachfront tide was out. My son was able to look at all the creatures and the the tidal pools and lots of people were doing the same thing. Went over to the Sitka national historical park, walked through that, um, which is otherworldly. It's so beautiful. Um, and then walked to the Raptor Center and got to see how they take care of uh, eagles that have been, um, you know, caught in power lines or or what have you, right. um, and rehabilitate them. So, um, cool. and then we walked back. We got a lot of steps in, 
<laughs> we were all very tired. There was definitely some naps post uh, post uh, getting back on the ship, but we we did well. And then in Juno, we uh, walked off the ship, bought one of the tickets, bought some tickets to the uh, shuttle uh, to Mendenhall Glacier. Had a great tour guide on that shuttle. Um, got to Mendenhall, did the walk to Nugget Falls. Um, came back, came back on the shuttle again. Had a great uh, tour guide on that shuttle back. Um, and then we had uh, lunch, dinner, dinner at the <laughs> hangar, which is right there uh, at the port, and uh, had the halibut, and it was so delicious, and I'm still dreaming about it. So that was sort of the three in a row. We did not get off in Victoria. Um, we are Canadian, mm. uh, and we're not from that part of Canada, but we've both been a lot. And so it was also a port where we, like... You could get off at 5.30 and had to be back by like 8.45. Uh, yes. So we were kind of like, mm, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just stay on, call it a sea day, really. There you go. So, nice. yeah. I mean, it's it's a great lineup. I think you have some awesome things. And I agree with you about the not feeling like you have to book an excursion. I think so many of us who come from doing a lot of Caribbean cruises first, we're conditioned to it, you know, that you mm. have to book a tour. You have to book a tour. And in Alaska, you really don't. It's, there's nothing wrong with booking a tour. Please don't think that's to believe you shouldn't book a tour. But if yeah. you're looking at things and it's either pricey or you're not sure or you're just kind of indifferent about things, you can do a lot of things on your own. And a lot of these towns, especially Sitka, Juno, there's a lot you can do simply mm-hmm. on your own. Just, you know, the same way that Absolutely. you would if you were to drive to the next town over and explore that town. It's kind of the same thing, a lot more prettier than probably the next town over from you. But it's uh, but yeah. you're not in a foreign country is my is my point. You're still in the United States. And so it's pretty easy to get around. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, look, on this on this trip, we saw salmon, seals, bears, eagles. Uh, we saw an eagle uh, flying with a salmon caught in its talons. <laughs> I was pretty sure we were supposed to, it was the most American thing I've ever seen. I thought we were supposed to salute and start <laughs> doing the Pledge of Allegiance or something. But uh, we saw tons of wildlife without ever having to go on an excursion. And in fact, um, people that we know that that we just sort of heard talking about this had booked you know, the helicopter to the glacier situation and it was really foggy and they couldn't do it and they couldn't do the um, seaplane excursion that they had planned because the next day it was also really foggy. So they had to kind of, you know, yep. think on their feet and come up with something else. You mentioned, you know, the fact that you don't have to book a tour on your own. Are mm-hmm. there any other, you mentioned, what, what are some other things that you would say people don't have to do um, or what not to do, I guess, really, when you're on an Alaska cruise? Yeah, so um, I think people are really prone to overpacking, mm. um, and I saw that a lot. People having just tons of luggage, yeah. and now we were there in August. Yes, it's I'm going to put it in quotation marks here, so everyone listening, this is in air quotes. Cold. <laughs> uh, let's keep in mind here that it's still like a spring day. It's still 15 degrees above. Um, so yeah, there's times where it's, you know, a little bit colder at night and whatnot, but you don't need to rock up with your whole parka and your, you know, I saw people getting off with complete snow boots on to just sort of walk (laughs) around downtown Juno. Um, you know, waterproof shoes, maybe great idea, but you know, I think maybe just take it back a little bit on the, on the overpacking is certainly one thing. The other thing, I think it's the question that, um, I think everyone researches when they're thinking of doing an Alaska cruise is ocean view balcony. Is that required? Do you have to do it? No, you don't have to do it. Yeah. You can have a great time and have an inside room. Did we have an ocean view balcony? Absolutely. Um, but I think you could still have an amazing time without it. 
I think the Ocean View Balcony um, mantra or recommendation is rooted primarily in a different age of cruising to Alaska. And when I say that, I'm not talking about the 1800s. I'm talking about like 20 years ago in which cruise ships were smaller. There was far less public space. So everybody like balconies weren't as as abundant. And so people were really competing for space. Now you've got ships like Quantum of the Seas. I mean, you're not going to compete for a spot to see things around you. Certainly, it's convenient. If you can be in your cabin, wake mm-hmm. up in the morning, slide open the door. Hey, what's what's on around us? Let's see. Amazing. You know, yeah. It's nice. But let's also remember that this is true of all cruises. How much time do you spend in your room? You're out and about. You're doing things. It's it's very easy to see things um, out uh, when, when you're on board the ship. So uh, it's a really good point. And at the end of the day, you know, if the price difference between an inside and a balcony is, I'll make up numbers here, $1,000, let's say, right? Right. That's $1,000 you could spend on a really amazing excursion. A drink package, both. I mean, you can really go to town with that money. It really goes a long way. Yeah. And if you're in a situation where as a family, you're thinking like, okay, we can't do, we can't afford it. If we're going to be doing the ocean view and we're going to be doing all the fancy excursions. um, So it's not worth it. It's absolutely, you know, you could have an amazing family vacation with an interior room, not booking a ton of excursions. Um, It doesn't, uh, you still see Alaska and you still see all of the beauty of it for sure. Bring binoculars, though. That is always that's a, a, on the on the do list. That is very high up, I would say. Bring binoculars. Yeah, I'm beg borrow. Don't steal it, but uh, but definitely <laughs> beg and borrow. Certainly, there's some family member who's got them because a new pair of binoculars. You know, who knows if you're going back to Alaska anytime soon? Right. If you can borrow one. That's a great value. They don't have to be like rugged, like can spot a sniper. You know, a thousand yards away in a bush. Like you just need something that you can be like. What is that in the tree over there? Oh, look, it's an eagle or something like that. It's, it really does add a, a, a different dimension to the cruise, and it's really important on those days where you're sailing by. There's a lot. Unlike the Caribbean, again, you're not necessarily always in the middle of the ocean. There's a lot of scenery around you. Mm-hmm. The other thing I would say is, is a don't is a don't avoid the outdoor pool. So uh, a lot of people don't know this. I don't think it was talked about before. I didn't see it anywhere anyways. It's heated, and it's like bathtub warm. Mm. So... Um, when are you ever going to get the chance again to go for a, a swim while you're sailing past the beautiful mountains of Alaska yeah. um, in in a warm pool? So yeah, the indoor pool is there. It can get pretty loud, and if you are someone who has you know maybe some sensory issues with that, that's maybe not your place. But the outdoor pool, oftentimes not being very used, hot tubs are are open. I think twenty four seven, so you can be out there and really enjoying the scenery while also doing a few laps or relaxing in the hot tub. Um, so th- that's another thing. Don't avoid that. Yep. What'd you think of quantum of the seas in general? I mean, you, you, you know, you, you pick the ship and uh, what was your take on, on the quantum? Um, I thought it was great. I can tell that it's, uh, I, I can see how it was a first iteration of the idea of the yeah. quantum class ship. And I can see from reviews and whatnot that there have been improvements as it's continued on. I think 270 is an amazing, amazing venue space. Um, so is the Cplex. And the Cplex was packed all the time with different activities. They ran so much there. Um, so great ship, uh, especially, I think, for if you have older kids. If you've got teenagers, that Xbox space, constantly busy. Yes. I hear they also have Xboxes in the Hangout for the teens. Uh, so I bet that was also busy all the time, although I, I of course, was never in there. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of amazing things. The the Via and the Esplanade are both great. They have very different vibes. Um, they're both really amazing. Cool. Um, 
yeah, just just a wonderful ship. Absolutely. Well, Rebecca, thank you so much for joining us here and sharing your thoughts. I love hearing what people do in Alaska because there's just so many different activities to do. And every year, um, I, I always, you know, every time we go back, it's like, oh, what should we do this time? So this is definitely one podcast I'll be uh, bookmarking so I can come back to it and uh, get some ideas for what to do. So always awesome. appreciate uh, hearing your insight and I appreciate you taking time to talk with us today. Yeah. Thank you so much, Matt. All right, friends, time to answer your listener emails. This is a part of the episode where I dive into the Royal Cream blog podcast email inbox. That's a lot of web adjectives right there. And uh, answer your cruise questions. You can always email me, matt at royalcreamblog.com, matt at royalcreamblog.com. Our first email is from Tracy. Hi, Matt. You're such a delight to watch and learn about Royal Caribbean. My husband is also from New Jersey, actually Jersey City. We both live in Chattanooga, Tennessee now. We'll be driving to Port Canaveral on December 23rd to hop on Wonder of the Seas. This is only a second cruise for us. However, the first one being so long ago, it really doesn't count. Uh, thank you, and I look forward to listening and learning all I can prior to the sailing. We're going to be sailing to Coco Key, St. Thomas, St. Martin. Thanks again. We'll continue to watch your YouTube videos and read the blog. Well, thank you, Tracy. Appreciate the email. Hope you have a great time on there. We'll be on the cruise right before you actually get off the ship the day you get on board. So try to keep it one piece for you. Next email is from TJ. Hi, Matt. Love the podcast and YouTube channels. My family goes to you for everything Royal Caribbean, and one day I hope to run into you on a cruise. We're longtime Royal Cruisers, and I booked a junior suite for our Wonder of the Seas cruise for April of 2023. Three questions for you. Number one, does staying in a junior suite allow you to use the suite sun deck and suite lounge? The answer is no, you're not a full suite guest. Number two, would you be able to bring guests into those areas to check everything out who are not staying in a suite? No, you would not. Uh, it's only for suite guests. And third, what amenities should we not miss while staying in a junior suite? We're going to wonder the sea, so I would definitely say coastal kitchen for dinner. Uh, you're allowed to go there for dinner, not breakfast or lunch, but that's an included amenity, and I think it's absolutely uh, worth your time. So I would definitely say that's a biggie right there. Otherwise, your experience is more or less the same, uh, you know, as as a non like if you were in a balcony or what have you. It's really that option um, that you would do. Also, one more thing, TJ, when you check in for your cruise, like when you actually get to the terminal, there'll be a set there probably is. I think there is a separate line for suites. Go there because it'll junior suites do count for that. So enjoy that benefit. Next email is from Renee. Hi, Matt. I know I'm early on the wishes for next year, but I'm one week out from my nine night cruise on a waste of the season. If I had one wish, I know what I'd wish for. I wish Roller Caribbean would include the chat feature in the app with the purchase of Voom Internet. I'm selling with a group of nine and three are not getting the internet package. I'm salty, see pun, because it feels redundant paying for that. Uh, are paying for a chat feature that uses the satellite internet. I'm already paying for Thanks for the great content. Can't wait to hear your wishes for 2023. Renee, uh, I'm doing, aren't you supposed to snap your fingers if you agree with somebody in a meeting or something? Uh, yes, I agree hundred percent. Like I, I don't understand why I can understand why they charge for the chat feature. I mean, it's a for-profit company, whatever, but if you buy the internet package, they should include that. I mean, literally there's no additional cost to do that. I'm not sure why they don't. I remember there was a, there was a, a uh, meeting, I guess you want to call it that, on a cruise ship. And Michael Bailey, real company CEO, was there. It was with travel agents. And he said, uh, someone said, you know, why do you charge for it? And he said, we'll make it free. And that obviously never happened, which I'm not terribly surprised that it, I, I was less surprised that it didn't happen than when he actually said it would happen. But at any rate, um, I, I agree on that. I mean, it's such a helpful tool to have that. Uh, it's just, yeah, I'm with you on that 100%. Next email is from Andrew. Hi, Matt. This week on a recent podcast, someone asked you how you can check in with someone who's not in your reservation. I've done this before on the website. It might help you. It, you might be able to do it in the app too. 
What I do is log in and go look at my upcoming cruise and then click on link a missing cruise. As long as you know the reservation number, date of birth and last name, you can add the reservation to your account. It doesn't matter that nobody in that room is you or your immediate family. I don't think that I've ever tried this with a reservation that I wasn't linked to, but I don't know if that matters. Once you do that, you can check them in later. Andrew, that's what I never even thought about that. I mean, I know the feature you're talking about. Actually, this feature is really meant for like you book a cruise and it's not showing up in your account for whatever reason. You can manually link it to your account. But hey, if Andrew's point is, I just assume that it's got to look for, you know, Matt Hotchberg. And if Matt Hotchberg isn't there, I can't add it. But I guess it's not that sophisticated. So there you go. There's a, I'll have to remember that, Andrew, when I get that question, you know, the next 800 times. I get that question a lot. So that's actually very, very helpful. Uh, next email is from Jeremy. Hi, Matt. Love the podcast. You always offer for folks to reach out. So I thought I'd go reach out to you with a couple questions. I've an Alaska southbound cruise from Seward booked for Radiance July 2023. Some friends and I were in Alaska last time on Serenade in 2007. Can't wait to now have more friends join us and all of their children there. I've seen a number of comments on the internet about Radiance showing a lot of wear and tear that skipped the dry dock in 2020 because of COVID. Uh, I'm not sure that's true. I saw one reference that it'll be in dry dock in Q2 of 2023. Do you have any information? This will be the first cruise of several for our family. And I really want to have the best experience. Number one, Jeremy, ignore the online reviews. There's negative reviews of everything, Jeremy. I can find whatever your favorite thing, your favorite movie, your favorite food. I can find plenty of reviews to say those things are absolutely terrible. The worst things in the world. Don't eat that. Don't watch that. It means nothing, Jeremy. You know, it just the ship is fine. You'll have a great time on there. Um, so just don't even... I, I, I really is a pet peeve of mine, online reviews. People are like, oh, this ship looks old. Oh, this ship is not as good. Oh, there's nothing to do there. People let little minor things really get to them. Are there chips in the paint somewhere? Absolutely. Are there chips in the paint in your house? Yeah. But you don't tell, maybe you do tell your, I don't know. I'm going to assume that you don't tell people you live with. I mean, this place is awful. Let's get out of here. You shouldn't live here. Like, no, I mean, it's just. You keep up with it. It's fine. And it's certainly uh, Royal Caribbean always puts cruise ships into dry dock every couple of years, usually at the most five. We just get a certain age. They get a little more often than that. Maybe Radiance is at that point, but certainly no more than five years. So they definitely bring in for maintenance. Uh, Jeremy, second question is, is about the Coastal Classic train from Anchorage to Seward. We want to take the train to Seward and understand it's opposite at a depot further away from the ship than the cruise train that goes right next to it much later in the day. It's too far to walk with luggage from the depot to the ship. Can you get Ubers or other transportation? Boy, that's an excellent question. I have no idea, my friend. I am so sorry, Jeremy. I wish I gave you a better answer than that, but I, I am not familiar with that. Maybe somebody in our, uh, one of our listeners can send in an uh, email here if they know the answer to that one. And our last email this week is coming to us from John. Hi, Matt. Love the podcast and the YouTube channel. I have a few questions. I've never been on a cruise, but looking to go on one. And Royal Caribbean is looking real good because all your videos and podcasts, you sell it well, but I'm a night owl. And I'm wondering if food places are open late or 24 hours so I can go and grab a snack while looking at the beautiful night sky. Um, there's a lot of places. I mean, I love there. Are, you have options, and depending on how late we're talking about, certainly till midnight, you have some options. So the dine, the restaurants, like the sit-down restaurants, all pretty much shut down by about nine o'clock, maybe nine thirty, depends on the restaurant. So you're pretty much gonna have to be, if you want to have a sit-down meal, you're gonna have to wait nine thirty. That's about it. Certainly, you could take food back to your room. Also, don't forget that. So you could take a plate, bring it back to your cabin, eat it later on. You're always gonna have, depending on the ship you're on certain other options, Cafe Promenade or Cafe Latitudes or uh, depending on the ship you're on, they're called different things. It's the same basic idea. Sorrento's Pizza. These places are open either 24 hours or very much late into the night, you know, 2, 3 a.m. easily. Room service is 24 hours. Uh, there is additional cost to it, but if you really wanted to have a meal at midnight or 1 a.m., this would be your, your best bet there. Uh, also, I was wondering what cruises are more sea days heavy rather than port intensive. I love the ocean. I'm like, 
I mean, I'm going to get a balcony overlooking the sea so I can watch the ocean and get lost in thought. I don't drink much, so planning on getting a refreshment package. I'm still iffy on the specialty dining package. Is it worth it? All right, there's two questions there. So, uh, a sea day heavy versus port intensive. You want one that, uh, well, I almost want to say a transatlantic repositioning cruise uh, is really what you want, but I, I hesitate to recommend that for a first timer because I think that there's just, I know you like sea days or you think you like sea days, but you want to blend. I would say you want, John, just a cruise that has like, you know, maybe three sea days instead of two sea days, which is the two sea days thing is becoming more common. But, uh, you know, certainly look for a cruise that goes out of a port further away, maybe a port, a cruise that goes out of uh, Bayonne, New Jersey. Uh, they need more time to get down to the Caribbean, so you have more sea days built in there. That might be a good chance. Is the dining package worth it? What I would tell you to do since you're brand new again is you want to have a blend of specialty and complimentary. You don't know what you don't, you don't know what you don't know yet. So I would recommend in getting maybe the three-night dining package. That way you can try a couple of specialty restaurants out, but you're still able to go to the main dining room, maybe maybe even the Windjammer one night for dinner. So uh, John says, also, I know you say the key isn't worth it, but for my first time, I want to get that priority boarding. Is there another way to get it without the key? Because I really don't care about the rest of the stuff with it. Yeah, just do your online check-in early. So if you book your cruise early, um, you know, you'll uh, before about 45 days before your cruise, you'll be able to, at 45 days, check into your cruise in the app and you'll get the earliest boarding time, which may be exactly the same time as people who have the key. So basically, John, you book your cruise. You're going to have the cruise in your account. You open up the Royal Caribbean app um, and it'll tell you, oh, sorry, check online check-in doesn't open until, and it inserts a date there. On that date, you go in, you do online check-in and you'll be able to get a time. And if you do that, if you do it on the first day it's available, heck, even the first week it's available, you're going to get a pretty early time. So. Uh, do that, and you can forego that and not have to pay for the key. So, uh, Last question from John. Also, when when are rooms generally ready so I can get there to eat on the ship and go to the room and unpack and before sail away to the helipad? Or am I stuck thinking that I'm in the solarium but I can't remember? Oh, the, uh, right, the, uh, hel this, the you're thinking of the um, uh, solarium bridge wings. Anyway, uh, the rooms are usually ready. I would, These days seem to be closer to about 1.30. I mean, the earliest is usually 1 o'clock. The latest would be 2 o'clock. What time exactly they're ready kind of depends on a very a few variables that are impossible to know ahead of time. But you should bet, worst case scenario, John, you'll be let into your cabin at 2 o'clock. So thank you for the email. Thank you to everybody for checking out this episode of the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. If you want to send me your emails, you can do so by saying to Matt, M-A-T-T, at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Matt, at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Until next time, I'm Matt. We'll talk again real soon.